Boston College can never make anything easy. You go into a game with a 14 and a half point um, spread. You think things are going to go your way. Well, yet another nail biter from BC. We'll get into it on today's show. You are locked on Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked on BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on College for $20 off your first purchase. Well, 14 and a half points spread, playing against a team that was one in six. We should have saw what was coming. <laughs> BC plays down to their opponent and squeaks away with a 20 to 1 to 14 win. And to talk about it, I brought in Eagle Insider writer Mitchell Wolf. Mitch, how's it going? Ah, eh, you know, wasn't fifty six to ten, but still won. So at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like everything you said, just a very frustrating game to watch. Um, you know, you really don't want your heart to be pounding that heavily late into the fourth quarter against that kind of team. And let's just kind of go over what happened. So BC comes out and they their offense looks jacked up to start up. You know, they're. Uh, Castellanos is not looking himself throwing the ball. He's, you know, overthrowing receivers by a lot. Uh, they're able to run the ball effectively. They're, ki- you know, kicking their butts um, in the trenches, but then they go back to Castellanos. It takes like one throw to get them off schedule and they're not scoring. UConn, their offense wasn't all that great either. They had that one kid, Cam, what was it? Cameron Cam, Edwards. Cameron, Cameron Edwards. Edwards, who had a couple big, big runs. Other than that, they were pretty much held in check. But, it was just sloppiness. We had interception, a terrible interception by Thomas Castellanos, which for every good play, it feels like for, I would say for every good, three good plays, he makes one really mind numbing, stupid interception that would have easily given BC a, a commanding lead in this game. You had that you had his phantom fumble again, the second time in three games. The first time we kind of just wrote it off because it was rain this time. I don't know what the heck happened. And then he disappears in the second half uh, to start the second half. Excuse me. Um, and Jeff Halfley during the, the, the telecast says he wasn't feeling well. I don't want to guess what that, what, yeah, he said that repeatedly. And I don't know it. They kept making it seem like on the broadcast, it was an injury thing, but he didn't seem to be, I mean, his leg looked a little bit, but I was wondering if he had like, I don't know, the flu or something like that, that was just kind of bothering him. I don't know. I think it was an injury. I think Halfley is just being cagey as usual because the broadcasters mentioned, I, I can't remember what one of the other uh, people on the BCB tweeted that he had a big wrap around his leg and then it was covered with that black sleeve. Um, so I think it was an injury. I think, I mean, in this game, we, you know, we didn't see, obviously we didn't see Ryan O'Keefe or Pat Garbo again, but then George Takis was out of the game as well, which we weren't really expecting. Yeah. So yeah, they were, uh, I think the quote this week was, I feel like we're really healthy this week. And then your starting tight end doesn't show up. So, <laughs> and so, Again, down the stretch, this game, it felt, you know, it other than UConn could have won this. If Jim Mora, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna just call a spade a spade, was stupid and went for what, like a 55 yard field goal with a kid that I don't know, I didn't look. I don't think he's made a, I don't think he's made a kick longer than 40 yards this year. But you had 
you have your running back who's able to get you four or five yards a clip. You could punt it and try to force BC to do something. Instead, he probably picks, and you probably have a statistic of why this was probably the dumbest move you could have made. And then BC just salts it away. So BC didn't really, they did just enough to earn this win, but they didn't do a whole lot to inspire a lot of confidence. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I mean, honestly, I, I think because it is UConn, because it was, you know, uh, longer than, or, you know, it was, it was more frustrating than expected. I still don't think BC from in terms of like on the average, BC did not play that poorly. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to just Thomas Castellanos making really dumb mistakes. Um, yeah, you know, the fumble is it's the second time we've seen it, but that's just kind of one of those weird things. And then the interception was just really, really stupid. And then he had another play in the second half where he tried to scramble and uh, took a big loss. He also had the play where he caught his own pass, which I always like to see, but then he lost like six yards instead of just batting it down for an incompletion. Um, so I don't really understand, you know, and, and I think bad games like that happen. And again, we don't really know how much the, the injury played a role. There were times, especially in the second half where he was throwing the ball very well from the pocket. So that was encouraging to see, but the rest of the game with some of those decisions were very frustrating. Um, I think we were both debating whether he didn't start the second half because of some of those mistakes. And that's why Moorhead got to play that one series, which was still just wild in the moment. But I mean, as I tweeted this, so regarding BC, I tweeted this out. So they had a 56% success rate, which is the 96th percentile. So that's like, that's on their offense. They're moving the ball really well. And they held UConn to a success rate of 33%, which is in the 15th percentile. So, you know, if you look at that, you would think, okay, BC should have won this game very easily, but they didn't because they struggled in the red zone with uh, the, you know, with the turnovers. And, you know, up until this point, BC has been a very, very consistent red zone team. And today they just weren't. Um, and I think, you know, you could point to a few things. You could say, okay, they were playing down. You could point to just guys making some mistakes. Think uh, on one of the drives, Jeremiah Franklin had a drop over the middle. Um, so, you know, that happened again. Uh, got, got a really uh, good showing from Jaden Skeet, which was encouraging to see. Yeah, he um, looked good. Yeah, yeah. And that that crazy catch behind the back. Uh, I mean, he bailed Castellanos out for sure, but it was still a really cool catch to see. And the, and but while we're talking about Skeet, that I thought that holding call against him was kind of bogus. But yeah, the the penalties in this game were very strange. Um, on both sides, honestly, you know the the holding on BC on on Karee Johnson, where the receiver basically just tripped. They called holding on that, and then some of the holdings they called on UConn. I was like, eh, I mean, I I could see that letting that one go, but they kept happening. So I I don't know, you know, maybe. The, obviously the officials like have a better eye for it on the field, um, but it kept happening. So it's like, okay, UConn must be doing something that is breaking the rules. And that's why they kept getting flagged for it. But I mean, on defense, you know, again, it's like, Oh, they, you know, they didn't play so well. It's like they held UConn to 14 points. And one of those touchdowns was gifted early in the game by a turnover. No, not, you know, they had, they still had to drive, but it was, you know, it started from the 40 and started from BC's 40 instead of your own 25 or whatever. Um, and then they had one yet. Yeah, I mean, the, the touchdown was timely in the second half, but you know, vast majority of the time UConn was punting. And I also just looked it up. So that, that, that field goal that that kicker kicked, that was his first field goal attempt of the year. Okay. So that makes it even, that that's really dumb. Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> kicked one extra point and they sent this guy out to kick a 55 yard field goal to make a one score game, a one score game, which is just, just so stupid. I, I, I couldn't believe they were doing it. And, and, and honestly, like that's, that's where the football gods come deliver the justice because if you're doing that, you don't deserve to win the game, and then they missed it, and then BC just salt, like you said, they, salt. They the had all the, the momentum in the world. Like, yeah, just ride it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, credit to Happy, like, he would have done it. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. I mean, I mean, and they've been super aggressive. I think there was one time where I was hoping they'd go for it, but you know, in terms of 
like reading this game out for the rest of the season. I'm not overly concerned. Um, I, 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 at least it hasn't changed any of my concerns really about where what this team is struggling to do, I would say. Okay. In a moment, we're going to continue. We're going to look at the man on our screen. If you're on YouTube, you see Thomas Castellanos. I want to talk about his game, his ups, his downs, and the time he just kind of vanished. We'll get into all of that in just a moment. Now, the player of the game was Kai Robichaux, and he was on fire with two more touchdowns. And who else is changing the game but Athletic Brewing Company? Athletic Brewing Company is a near beer. It's alcohol-free, and they have over 50 different flavors, and they're always creating new ones that are delicious with sours, IPAs, and the best part is there's no hangovers. You can go and get Athletic Brewing Company in your stores. You can get them at bars. You can get them all over the place, but you can also order them online. I love Athletic Brewing, and I think you will too. If you go to Athletic Brewing Company right now and enter code Locked On, you're going to get 15% off your first order. On, order online in or find a store near you. Athletic Brewing Company, Milford, Connecticut, and San Diego, near beer. Let's also tell you a little bit about game time. Done with the BC game, you're looking for a show to go to. If you've got a concert in, in town, check out game time. You shouldn't have to worry about buying tickets to your next event. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices view from your seat, and your be- the best price guaranteed, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. The best part I love about game time is the price that you see on your screen is the price that you get. There's no hidden fees. There's no, like, if you go to, like, you know, some of these other sites, you, you, you see a price and then there's all these absorbent fees and you're like, whoa, that's not what I wanted. Game time is completely different. You see the price, boom. When you check out, that's the price you were paying. And I love it. Plus, you get to see where you're sitting. When I went to the BC UVA game, boom, I, I wanted the seats that I wanted. It was right there. So download the game time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E for $20 off. Game time, last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. This is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. I'm joined here by Eagle Insider writer Mitch Wolf. And I want to, let's, we got to talk about Thomas Castellanos. What, what was your impression of how he kind of played in this game? Was it he was just too amped up to start it off, or was he trying to do too much? What, what were your thoughts? I'm going to be very interested to rewatch this game because from, at first blush, I'm going to say that Castellanos did exactly what I said on the last show that they, BC couldn't afford to do, which was try to press, try to do too much, try to hit the big play every time, and that led to some really bad plays. You know, um, just not just not good situational awareness from him. Um, whether that be uh, just some of the, and again, some of the accuracy issues popped up again, um, and then but then I would say in the second half he got a little better with that. Um, and Herzlik yeah. said because of the injury, he kind of like planted his feet more. He wasn't so bumping mm-hmm. around and that helped him with his accuracy. I thought, yeah. Yeah. And I, I hope that that's kind of a lesson for him that, you know, just, you know, be more consistent with your footwork. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, again, I don't think that this is a going to be a problem. It's, at least again, it doesn't change what I think. I think with Castellanos, you know, again, like you said, he's going to make those big plays. You can't take him out because the, the positive big plays are too great to, they, they overweigh the bad plays by a significant amount. And I think this was probably like his worst game in terms of that. Um, maybe since like his first two games, uh, which were like his first two starts really. Um, so I think, you know, they're going to talk to him about that. Um, but yeah, I mean with him, I, th- I think in terms of the design of the offense, like the play calls seemed, I think there was one drive I really didn't like, but everything else seemed pretty 
similar to what they were doing. They just weren't ex- he just wasn't executing well. Um, the offensive mm-hmm. line was blocking well. They were obviously running the ball basically at will, which uh, I expected. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it'll be interesting to rewatch this one because I think I think Herzlick's point about the footwork is definitely appropriate. Um, I think that Castellanos was pressing, trying to you know be the hero, make the big play, and in the second half you saw him you know, settle down, like you said, plant his feet and just, okay, I'm just going to get the ball out, get it to my playmakers in space and let them go to work. And when he did that, the offense worked very well. So mm-hmm. I think you just really kind of got to get in his, as the coaches, you just got to really got to get in his head and say, Hey, you don't need to be the hero every time, especially against a team, I mean, especially against a team like UConn in the games down the stretch, he might need to do a little more of it, but for the, for the sake of this game and these situations where, you know, with the interception, you know, you're, you're driving, you're getting, you're going to get the ball after halftime. So you can get two for one score there and really just blow the game wide open and have it be over by the time the fourth quarter starts. Instead, you turn it over. And again, you know, UConn couldn't really do anything. And uh, did BC score out of the half? I think they uh, can't remember. No, did. No, no. So, yep. Yeah. Oh, they missed, they missed a field goal. Um, yep. So they got down there, but then, you know, again, you have a few situational, but you have one bad play, a false start. And then um, this was when Moorhead was in actually, but uh, you have one completion, then you have an incomplete pass for, then you have the long missed field goal. So, I think. I mean, I, I think it'll be. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm very interested to rewatch this game because uh, I, I just think that's the big thing with Castellanos right now is he just got to reel it in, uh, play smarter, you know, and let the game let, come to him. Yeah, let the game come to you. So, my thought also, I, I know they lost to UConn last year, and and this was a revenge game. Was there anything in the offensive game plan that you thought they just kept out of it so they didn't put it on film? Like, try to keep things as basic as possible so that, you know, just go out there and beat them up and then just win? Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, I don't think they, you know, BC has been good for kind of like one trickeration play this per game this season. And I don't think they really ran those. They had some, like, sc- some different screens. Um, they had one look that I liked where they would motion Jeremiah Franklin. I think outside and have him come back in and snap the ball as he's coming back towards the formation. They ran a f- like three or four different plays out of that look, which I thought was interesting. I thought that was a cool wrinkle. Um, but yeah, I think for the most part, especially in the second half, they're like, okay, we're just going to run the ball and grind out the clock. Um, so, and I, I and like, like on the fourth down on BC's final drive, you know, they, I think they had, they had a play called, they called uh, UConn called timeout. And I think even BC called a timeout and then they just ran QB power, which they've done in pretty much every like gotta have it situation so far this season, they've run that exact play. You see it against Holy Cross, against uh, Florida State, against Army. You know, every time when they're just like all right, uh, against Georgia Tech multiple times, it's like, all right, we gotta have it here. And Castellanos just always finds a way to get the first down there. So, you know, I, I don't think I, th- I think to some extent there was some conservative nature in terms of not revealing everything. But you know, you're missing. You're starting tight end. You have Jack Conley wearing 44 as a eligible tight end, which was funny. I kind of, ho- I honestly kind of hope they let him wear 44 for the rest of the season as an eligible tight end because that was fun. Um, and again, you know, you just have some execution mistakes from guys. Uh, you know, even like even a guy like Lewis Bond. Uh, he they threw him that screen and then he tried to reverse his field and he lost six yards. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that's the thing when you have, it's especially the skill positions. The offense finds a different story, but you have all these skill players that are pretty young guys. Um, you know, they're second or third, you know, or even first year players like Jaden Skeet, sometimes you're going to have that. Um, you're just going to have guys try to do so, you know, that that's where you are missing a guy like Ryan O'Keefe to, you know, be that reliable guy who's going to make the smart decision in crucial situations. Yeah. And, um, you know, watching, watching that offensive line, one thing that keeps thinking, I keep thinking about Jack Conley is like, I think after the season is over, 
we're going to do an episode on things that we missed. And I think one of the thing, big things is Jack Conley as a valuable member of this roster is going to be one of the top things. Because we, I think we both have to admit at this point that he's been pretty valuable for BC this year. He's he's a good run blocker as an as a six offensive lineman with, with a much better offensive line around him. So you know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> which I mean, it's, it's it's good that he's carved out a role, and I, I think he's very successful in it. Exactly, like he's not going to be a starting offensive lineman, or or even though he did have a good year, a good game doing that. But I know we both have been tough on him, but he's had a, a pretty. I don't want to say good season, but he's been solid. It's, yeah, it's good. I, w- I would say it's good. You know, uh, uh, for for the role he's filling, I would say it's good. All right. And in our final segment, Mitch and I are going to wrap things up with our final thoughts from the win. We'll look at where things go from here and any other thoughts you have, throw them up in the comments section. If you're out listening on YouTube, we'll talk about that in just a moment. Now, prize picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less their projected stats and place your entry. I know if you're not in Massachusetts, Mitch, what was the over under on Castellanos and passing yards? Oh, uh, like 235, 235, 236. So I don't think he hit it. Yeah. I think, I don't think he hit it. He was close, but, uh, let me see. Two, oh no, never mind. One fifty-one. What was I thinking? I don't know why I thought it was close. Yeah, one fifty-one. So not even close. So if you're out of state, you can do prize picks for for BC. But if you're looking at the NBA, you can get LeBron James stats. You can get you know Jason Tatum. And the best part about prize picks, you can go across sports. So World Series, if you find it, you can do it with quick withdraw- withdrawals, easy game plan, an enormous selection of players and stat types. It's what makes prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app out there. Now. What you want to do, go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash college and use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. Go to prizepicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Wrapping things up here on Locked on BC, I'm your host, AJ Black, joined by Mitch Wolf. What are some last thoughts you have about this? I saw, I want to, I want to look at, I had, there was one comment that I wanted to, to get at. Um, and have, I think it's a good jumping off point for the end of the season. Josh Doggerty says, I have serious reservations about this team's ability to win another game this season. They looked awful. Mitch, what's your thoughts on that? Thomas Castellanos looked awful. Everything but else was fine. But it was what his seventh start. He's a young quarterback. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, I, again, it, it's, it's bad that he played bad. I'm not going to sugarcoat that they have to get that fixed. And hopefully this injury isn't a long-term thing. That's really going to affect his play because they do need him because he's the more effective and explosive quarterback. But you hold, again, you hold UConn to 14 points. They had one full length of the field scoring drive. You pretty much didn't let them do anything. The whole game you had, they couldn't get Roberson down for a sack for another week, but he was under, under pressure, under duress, scrambling out the whole game. Um, on offense, you're moving the ball with regularity on the ground. So, again, Cass- the reason why this game was as close as it was is because of Castellanos' red zone or Castellanos' mistakes. That's mm-hmm. really all there is to it. And, you know, if, if 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 he doesn't throw that interception, they just get a field goal. I feel like people are even just feeling a lot differently about this game. Um, so, I, I, again, I... This game, again, this game doesn't change the way I feel about the team. I think I think this game was honestly a bit of a good... I, I'm kind of trying to middle this now because, you know, going into this game, 
even me, I was like, all right, we're going to blow UConn out. 51-10 you know, and 42-17, right? There's people posting about, you know, ways for, obviously this game doesn't matter for, but there's people posting about ways for BC to make the AC championship game. Um, and so I bet this, this was a bit of a bit coming down to earth, but I think some people are crashing through the earth's crust a bit and, you know, saying, oh, they're never going to win again. It's like, first of all, yeah. I mean, the schedule down the stretch is not that hard. You know, Syracuse is coming off an absolutely awful showing against Virginia Tech, who's improving Virginia Tech at home. That's going to be a tough game. Virginia Tech's playing pretty well right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Pitt is still playing bad. I think they're getting destroyed already by Notre Dame. And then, you know, I think we, we didn't, we don't really know what Miami is going to be because Miami is still kind of, we're still kind of figuring out what they are as a team, but there are winnable games on the rest of the schedule. And I think seven and five seems like a very reasonable, which is what we started the year kind of predicting Basically. as. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not ready to say that this team is like dead because they played because they, they sure they had, again, I'm not even saying they had a bad game. One player who was the most impactful player on the team in the most impactful position had a bad game and that had ripple effects throughout. Um, you know, again, we, there was a few penalties, but I think BC was only penalized three times. So yep. that issue is, you know, pretty much gone. I think there was maybe two drops. Um, they were both early too, I think. Yeah. They were both in the, I think none in the second half. Um, you know, I think there were some, and the second half, again, encouraging signs from Castellano, still some mistakes, but you know, again, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say this guy is falling on this team, you know, I think we got to, you know, find, I think uh, for Blogston posted the clip from, I think it's the Charlie, it's Charlie Wilson's war movie um, mm-hmm. where it's about the Zen master and saying, you just gotta, just gotta let, let things play out a little bit, you know? And I think the truth as with most things somewhere in the middle, there's a lot of factors at play. Um, so um, yeah, I mean, I don't think this team is a world beater by any means. They obviously still are, you know, the defense has some issues that I'm, I'm still a little skeptical about. Obviously Castellanos has his volatile style of play. So they're not a great team, but I don't think they're a terrible team. <laughs> yeah. And it, they're going to have their ups and downs. I think that's. Yeah. Good. I mean, that, that's why you play the game. So sometimes, sometimes, you know, you, you make mistakes and then they, they come back to bite you. And that's why every game is different and not. And, you know, this game didn't end up being 56 to 10 just because BC is significantly better on paper. Yep. So any last thoughts before we head out, Mitch? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, again, yeah. I just uh, really, I really did want this game to be, uh, over more quickly and we were on a good pace in terms of the the pace of the of play um and then the second half with all the penalties and reviews and everything we really slowed down and then that you know made the game more nerve-wracking but uh happy to get a win and really just hoping that we don't have another chris cotter mark hersley bc game because i'm getting real sick of those two what's friday's game is it acc network again it, i believe because it's a friday it'll be espn so i think we'll get a regular crew um, oh good so yeah we'll we'll at least hear some different voices that can actually tell what's going on in the field and know who is playing on the down. I actually kind of liked time. having Flutie up there at one point. Flutie, yeah, was, I mean, honestly, I mean, I mean, Flutie yeah. called games for NBC for Notre yeah. Dame. Like the guy, like guy is a good person to have in the booth. I would honestly prefer they have him. And I liked um, some of his insights he had on. on yeah. On yeah. That was a really cool segment. And usually, and honestly, the, the segment with Tom Coughlin was really cool. Um, yeah. I thought it was interesting. He said he hadn't been back to BC in a long time, but I thought he had some good insights. So, you know, after last week, you know, the ACU network was really my doghouse this week. So I have quick, two quick things. First of all, their, their broadcast started off completely on the wrong foot when Chris Cotter missed the first in, incomplete pass by UConn and was calling it a first down and yeah, they just kept great. going with it. I thought maybe he would stop himself and be like, oh no, he dropped that. But no, he just kept going. And was I was like, okay, he just completely missed that. Um, I don't know if you watch it on what, what you watch it on, but I have YouTube TV. And it had the same four commercials through the entire broadcast. I watched a, a commercial for Trolls 3 or whatever the hell is out right now. 
I might have missed that one. Probably 17 to 20 times. I saw an ad for the, it was it was awful. Like I got the regular <laughs> ACC network ads, the Reputation Defender, uh got a lot of Tommy John this week. I I'll, say, I'll give Cotter credit for this. He did make a funny joke at Flutie about Nugenics, which is that I saw that, yeah. <laughs> thing that he's always hawking, so I thought that was funny. Um but yeah, I mean this is where you know it's proverbial nut cutting time for BC. Now you've got four games. Am I, am I counting that right? Is it five? Five game, four or five games against opponents that you can't. If you play well and you don't make these mistakes, you can win a lot of these games and finish the season on a very, very high note. But if you, especially in offense, if you continue to make mistakes like these, it you know the, the, the whole thing is that these mistakes happen and BC was still able to scratch out, scratch out a win because they are so much more talented than UConn. That's not going to be the case going down the stretch against these teams they're playing against. They are going to be on a much more even level of, of of talent. So, you know, you've got to clean those mistakes up if you want to win the rest of the games. Josh Doggerty said, don't forget the Hyundai Elantra commercial. That one, I, I I might have missed that one, but uh, it's yeah, all probably regional stuff. I'm so. just so, so sick of the ACC network. <laughs> yes. I, 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 I Give me the CW again. But anyway, yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's head out of here. Uh, we'll have you back on again. I'm uh, probably not tomorrow because you've already talked about BC and I'll talk about hockey and stuff. So Mitch, where can people find your work? You can find me at Mitchell T Wolf, W O L F E on Twitter. I'll have my three stars of the game article out tomorrow. Um, I think this time I'm finally going to give a, a unit, a star. And if you watch the game, you can probably guess what unit it is, but so just keep an eye out for that on Eagle Insider. All right. And you can follow me at Twitter at AJ black two, four, seven. And I'm the publisher of Eagle insider. Check out all our work there. We've got some hockey stuff up. We'll have post game coverage, all that good stuff. Go over to Eagle insider, become a subscriber. It's 99 cents for the first month. If you want to try it monthly, just give it a check it out. I think you should uh, from for Mitch. This is AJ. We will be back again tomorrow with another new episode of locked on Boston college, your team every day.